Welcome to the Staying Ageless Podcast, a show that will equip you with the major keys to achieve extraordinary longevity. This is your girl, Asosa E, also known as Raw Girl. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach. And today on the show, we'll be talking about the healing power of acupuncture. To delve into the world of acupuncture and its many benefits, I'm going to give you guys a really brief rundown of what acupuncture is. And later, we'll be chatting with our expert for today, the incredible Dr. Florence Lim. I am so grateful to have each and every one of you tuning into the show from all over the world. If today's show inspires you, I'm inviting you to go ahead and subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me to get feedback, so any reviews are much appreciated. Today on the show, I'll be talking about acupuncture. Did you know that there are over 300 acupuncture points on the body? The points are located from head to toe and are connected by the meridian system. And this is a system of energy flow that is the basis of Chinese medicine. My first experience with acupuncture was years ago when I was living in Brooklyn. I was training for a marathon and I got seriously injured. And after one session with a therapist doing acupuncture, my ankle and knee healed very, very rapidly. And I was back to training within days. And so I was really shocked by the power of acupuncture and how quickly it helped me recover from something that may have taken two weeks to recover from. I was back within the week. What really is acupuncture then and how does it work? Well, basically it's a form of treatment that involves inserting very thin needles through a person's skin at specific points on the body. The practice of acupuncture originated from China. Chinese medicine is centered on the Chinese philosophy of the holistic nature of the universe. Our bodies and its workings are likened to the universe. The heart is like the sun, the lungs are the atmosphere, the digestion is the soil of the earth, and the kidneys are the salty oceans. Chinese medicine practitioners studied the universe to understand how the human body works. This is one of the reasons why I love Chinese medicine and also Ayurveda, which we've talked about on the show. There's always a correlation between the human body and the actual external environment in which we exist. So how does acupuncture actually work? Well, basically... Our life force, our chi, moves through the meridians. And as time goes on, certain points along these meridians, these meridian channels, get clogged up or weak, and this prevents the body from staying healthy and can bring on illness. The basic idea of acupuncture is that the insertion of these thin, painless needles releases any blockages or disruptions in chi, which then travels through the meridians in the body. You will be amazed at the number of ailments acupuncture can be used for. Some include things like chronic pain, digestive issues, gastrointestinal disorders, menstrual cramps, fibromyalgia, infertility, sleep disturbances, chronic fatigue, asthma, sports injuries, weight loss, acne, migraines, high and low blood pressure, morning sickness, infections such as urinary tract infections, and even emotional issues like depression and anxiety and much more. Some of the benefits that it offers is that when it's performed correctly, it's completely safe. There are very few, if ever, reported side effects. It can control all types of pain and may help patients for whom pain medications are not suitable. And it's a very useful and suitable supportive therapy for any healing process, which is why we recommend it so much in our practice. We use it with so many different types of issues, but 
um, in our Hormonal Balancing Academy with women struggling with fibroids, PCOS, hormonal imbalance, we definitely suggest acupuncture. And then for other things, like I mentioned, injuries or other issues where I, it's very clear from a practitioner perspective that our client has some blockages of energy somewhere that's causing congestion in an area, we definitely always recommend acupuncture. We also have been using acupuncture to help people deal with some side effects that they had uh, post-vaccination or other things like that, just to help the body realign. So I'm just going to give you a really brief rundown of how the procedure is done. And an acupuncturist um, examines you basically to assess your condition. Usually you can be asked to lie down on your back, front, or one side, depending on where the needles are going to be inserted. The needles used should be sterile and they're disposable and they should be for single use only. Don't ever go to anyone who's going to use a needle more than once. As the needle's inserted, you may feel a very brief stinging or tingling sensation and the needle will stay in place for the duration of the treatment. Sometimes things are incorporated like heat, like a heat lamp over a certain area to warm that area, moxibustion, these kinds of things. It's really important also that I take note of precautions. So acupuncture is risky if you have a bleeding disorder, or if you use blood thinners, and you also, again, want to make sure that your acupuncturist uses sterilized needles as infections can arise from unsterilized needles. Okay, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will chat with our amazing guest. I am super excited to announce the launch of the new destination I created for online programs called Staying Ageless University. At Staying Ageless University, we create epic content to teach you about holistic wellness and transformational healing programs to help you achieve extraordinary longevity. We believe that learning is an essential component of healing and creating lasting change, and every one of our programs are created from protocols that I have tried and tested on clients who have achieved optimal wellness by following them. Our signature programs include Staying Ageless 30 Plus, which is designed to help women 30 plus interested in staying flat till you're 99 or close to it, create lasting healthy rituals, and the all-new Raw Girls Hormonal Balancing Academy for women suffering with fibroids, PCOS, endometriosis, cysts, or menopausal symptoms if you're ready to use holistic means to take control of your hormones and get your life back. We also have two new programs that are amazing for New Year's clean starts, Detox Your Life, which includes 30-day plant-based detox, either raw or vegan, and Candida and Parasites Be Gone for those who are ready to kick Candida overgrowth or parasites to the curb for good. Enrollment is now open for three of our programs, and we officially launched January 1st, 2021. You can learn more about us and our program offerings at stayingagelessuniversity.com. Hope to see you in class. When I lived in LA, I was at the beach all of the time. <laughs> the beach was my happy place. After going to the beach, I would always stop by this amazing raw food restaurant. They had the most delicious food, burritos, cinnamon rolls. I was obsessed. Fast forward to this year when I wanted to give myself a jump start on raw, 
I discovered that this amazing restaurant that I used to frequent had transitioned to nationwide delivery of fully prepared raw meals. It's called Raw Revolution, and for 20 years, they've been serving the finest and most vibrant living foods meals. They offer a raw box, which includes two fresh pressed juices, four gourmet entrees, four generous sides, and two delicious low glycemic desserts. The raw box is designed to provide one person with about four to five days of lunches and dinners. I also love that the menu changes each week, so there's always lots of variety. I get a lot of inquiries from listeners and clients alike who want to go raw and feel like it's not sustainable time-wise. If this is you, this is an amazing solution to get your raw jumpstart. Head on over to rawvolution.com and use the code RAWGIRL to receive a discount on your first purchase. Today's guest is Dr. Florence Lim. Dr. Florence Lim's interest in holistic healing and wellness brought her to China, where she obtained her medical degree specializing in traditional Chinese medicine after completing a six-year training program at Shanghai University of TCM. During the course of her studies, she earned the highest honors in her class in the fields of TCM, gynecology, and acupuncture. She completed her residency at Shanghai's renowned East-West Integrative Hospitals, namely Xu Wang Hospital and Ru Jin Hospital, where her clinical studies focused on an East-West integrative approach to treating gastrointestinal, gynecological, and autoimmune issues. Dr. Lim was also one of the first in California to obtain a clinical doctorate degree specializing in TCM reproductive medicine and infertility at Yosan University of TCM in Los Angeles, California, where she completed an extensive literature review synthesis regarding the integrative use of Chinese medicine and Western medicine to treat immunological recurrent miscarriage. An avid practitioner of the meditative movement art of Taijin Quan for the past 20 years, Florence Lim won first place for her performances in both the Shaolin Sword and 24 Movement Standard Taijin Quan sequence at an international martial arts conference in Hangzhou, China in 2003. She has also taught Taijin Quan and Qigong at international corporate conference venues. Hi, Dr. Lim. I'm so glad that you're back on Staying Ageless. I'm really excited to talk to you again. Oh, it's great to talk to you too again, Asosa. So last time, it was really fun to go into traditional Chinese medicine, and we talked a bit about like PCOS and hormonal stuff. But I feel like a lot of people, I'm constantly actually explaining to people what acupuncture is, because I find that I refer people out for acupuncture a lot because I believe in its power and I feel like it's been very helpful with supporting mm-hmm. the nutritional recommendations I give, especially when patients have sure. really complicated health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I figured it would be a good idea to just talk to you and break down for people like some of the acupuncture basics. Let's start with just like, like, what is it? Like, how do you explain it? I can tell you how I explain it, but I want to know mm-hmm. how you explain it. Yes. Oh, well, so I would say acupuncture is basically it's, you know, it's been around for at least 2000 years. And it's based on the belief that the body has all these energy meridians. We call them, we call them energy channels or energy meridians. And so when you're, when you're healthy, the channels, the meridians, the flow of energy or the flow of chi, we call it is, is, is almost like a, it's almost like a highway. There's no traffic, right? Everything's flowing really smoothly um, everything, you know, everything's communicating freely, the blood and chi circulation is great. So when someone's body becomes out of balance, you can imagine it almost like a traffic jam on, on a highway, right? So things get stuck or clogged. 
it, this can happen through like injury, through trauma, through stress, you know, all these different environmental or lifestyle uh, or, you know, things that happen to us can, can create stagnation or blockages in the channels. And so um, you can think of acupuncture as a way of almost unblocking the channel. So when you put the needles in certain areas in the body, it can help to either unblock the pathway, like unblock the highway basically, or it, you can also put it distally to the area of the pain or the area of blockage. And that can help to almost like divert the traffic away from the area of blockage. So that's kind of what acupuncture is about is really trying to kind of, so you put needles in certain areas of the body to help unblock the, unblock the chi and to help open up the flow of energy through the body. Um, another thing is that it helps to, helps to um, stimulate your body's own healing potential. So, you know, basically when you put, when you stick needles in certain areas of the body, for example, if you, if you have pain or inflammation in a certain area, it sends a signal to the muscles and to the nerves and to the brain to send chemicals and, you know, to heal the area. No, super cool. That's exactly how I explain it to people. I, I say that it's a self-healing tool that it has to do with the energy meridians. I love the traffic analogy though. I'm gonna have to steal yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. The traffic but, analogy is really helpful. Um, it's very helpful. Yeah. But I guess I do have a question though. The energy meridians, because I mean, it's I don't have any doubt that this is not true. Is that based in science though, the whole idea of the energy meridians or not? I guess I'm not clear on that. Right. The, 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 it's, I think it's a little bit controversial, right? It's because, you know, Western medicine doesn't talk about energy or chi, right? Yeah. Or meridians. Yeah. So, so a, lot, a lot of times when you explain it to like Western medicine doctors or you explain it to patients, you can't, you cannot always talk about chi. Um, but I think they, they found correspondence with like the myofascial lines, for example, like the myofascial planes in the body oftentimes correspond with the meridians that we talk about in Chinese medicine in acupuncture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think recently also they found that like all the, all the tissues and organs in the body are connected through this thing, this web called the interstitium. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, it's like a, it's almost like this. Um, it's like, it's a web that connects all your organs and they found that it actually it, it, it exists within the body. So, um, and it, it almost, it's like a connection or a communication pathway between all your organs. So they almost like speaking to each other. So wow. in a way that kind of corresponds with the Chinese medicine concept of the meridians and the channels. So um, I would say from a Western medicine viewpoint, also the, when you, when we talk about meridians and channels, it's also like you're talking about the blood flow and circulation, right? So you can, from a Western medicine viewpoint, you can think of the chi as almost like your blood circulation, blood flow in the body also. Mm, that's really interesting. That's an mm -hmm. interesting way to break it down. And, and how does this improving the flow of chi then impact our internal organs? Because I always find that very fascinating, the, the, the idea of like our organs actually benefiting somehow. I mean, you can, so, so basically that's a, that's a good question. So, so basically, you know, you, you, each, each channel or meridian corresponds with a different organ system in the body. Right. So, so for example, um, you know, when you do acupuncture along the spleen channel, which it runs, the spleen channel runs from the big toe, it goes up the inner part of your legs through the inner thighs, through the pelvic organs and up into the digestive, digestive tract. Yes. So when you, 
when you when you when you do acupuncture on points along the spleen channel, anywhere along the spleen channel, so usually oftentimes the the legs, the inner part of the legs, it can actually affect the blood flow circulation going all the way up into the pelvic area and the digestive organs. So that's why when we're treating things like you know uterine issues or ovarian issues, fertility, or even patients who have bloating, you know, indigestion, we all we often do points along the spleen channel. Mm-hmm, so that's, mm-hmm. that's how, that's how we kind of influence things in acupuncture. Um, so you usually do acupuncture along the, the meridian mm-hmm. that crosses through the organ. Uh-huh. Does so that make sense? a liver channel too? There is a liver channel. Yeah. The liver channel runs through the breast area. So liver channel starts at the, um, starts between the big toe and the second toe. Okay. The liver channel, then it goes up the shins and then through the thighs up into the, through the groin area, the rib cage, and then the breast area, right? Wow. That's kind of like the liver channel. Okay. So when we're trying to affect liver function or liver gallbladder issues, or if someone has um, breast, you know, breast cysts, for example, or breast tenderness before their periods, or if they have uh, painful cramps during their periods, like the ovarian area feels crampy, um, mm-hmm. then we do, we would do points along the liver channel. Hmm. That's really interesting. Are there points that are good for respiratory conditions? Oh yeah. So for respiratory with acupuncture, you can either do local points or you can do distal points where you can do points that are connected to the lung channel. So for example, in Chinese medicine, the lung and large intestine are connecting channels. So sometimes to treat lung or respiratory issues, we'll actually treat points on the arm because the the lung and the large intestine channel runs through the arm. Like between in this area here that goes up the arm and then into the chest area. Is that why, so that's why colon hydrotherapists sometimes massage in between. I think that's a pressure point for the colon. It is, yeah. Yeah, that's a large intestine channel point. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's also a very powerful point for just moving the chi and blood in the body. So usually when when a person has a lot of stagnation issues in the body, then Mm -hmm. oftentimes we do the, or anything doing with the head, any issues with the head, headaches, migraines, facial issues, mm-hmm. you know, even sometimes lung, lung, large intestine issues, then you can do point, you can do those points along in the between the thumb and the index finger. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So the lung and the large intestine are connected. Is there a whole separate thing for the small intestine? Oh, so um, the small so small intestine, there is a small intestine channel, actually, uh, as well. So you can do points along the small intestine channel, but I would say usually for usually for digestive issues or small intestinal issues, we'll treat like local points in the abdomen, for example. Okay. Okay. Right. So when you do when you do local acupuncture, it also sends a signal to the brain to go to that area. Okay. Help with like peristalsis. Help yeah. just kind of self-regulate your digestion. Mm-hmm. And and what governs? I mean, I guess this. I don't know. I guess you can tell me if this is an individual practitioner thing or if there's like rules. But what governs the decision to do local versus distal points? You know, what really what's happening when someone decides I'm going to put a local thing here or I'm going to do the distal points? So, so there's different there's there's different sets sex or schools in acupuncture, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, some people only do distal points. Like some oh. people some people don't believe in local points, local needling at all. Right. So there's like different families of acupuncture and oftentimes okay. there's like a lot of rivalry going on. <laughs> I did yeah. not know that. 
<laughs> so it's like I'm from the school of distal and you're like local and y'all have beef because we yeah, there can be. Yeah, for sure. What? That's mm-hmm. so interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, but like, I, I usually do a combination of both, you know, depending on like what I feel a patient needs. Cause some, some patients respond really well to distal needling. They don't need points like right at the area of pain. Sometimes if you needle the area of pain, it can actually create more pain afterwards because of that okay. micro lesion, that local inflammation. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, so some some doctors prefer to just do the the distal far away points on the feet or the hands to to do to treat like back pain, for example. You know? When people are in different camps, do they were only trained to do one way, so they don't learn the other way, or they just are people who are like, I'm really only about this distal life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so so mo- I think most people learn both in the beginning, okay. you know, okay. and then they they kind of just divide into their okay. their respective parties. <laughs> yeah, this is so funny to me. <laughs> no, okay, it's just like the government, right? There's <laughs> like there's always there's always two at least two parties. That's so funny. Yeah, I'm also curious. Are, is there a channel for the heart or how do you deal with heart issues? Like if someone was having a heart palpitations or I don't know, some sort of, or even just like heart disease or, you know, inflammation around the heart. Um, I would say for heart issue, for cardiovascular or heart issues, um, definitely. I mean, ac- acupuncture can be helpful. Usually we do, we would do points along the heart or pericardium channels, for example, mm-hmm. or um, there's, so that those ones run, you know, along the, like the wrist area here, the heart and pericardium. And then oftentimes we'll put the acupuncture like in the middle of the chest, which can be calming, can also calm the heart. Um, And then just, I mean, for people who have like heart palpitations because of anxiety, for example, Mm -hmm. the acupuncture can definitely help to just, you know, turn on the parasympathetic response in the body, which is the rest and relaxation response. Yeah. So that's, that's where it can be really helpful. Um, with patients who have like heart palpitations due to anxiety. And then for cardio, for people with heart problems, usually a combination of, I would say a combination of the acupuncture with the herbal Chinese herbal medicine is Mm -hmm. helpful. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the herbs in Chinese medicine can be, are really cardioprotective, are good for blood blood flow circulation in the body. Um, So usually we do a combination, but um, definitely there's points that can help with acupuncture that can help with just cardiovascular issues. Or shortness of breath, for example. Mm-hmm. It seems to me like acupuncture can be used for almost anything. Um, and because it's a self-healing tool, I find mm-hmm. one, I think it's, for me, I think of it like a tune-up. So sometimes, you know, I mean, I, my Chinese medicine doctor sometimes is like, I don't want to see you in the next year. You're fine now or whatever. But I will, <laughs> I will try to go as often as I feel I need it, you know. You mentioned anxiety. So let's talk about the emotional aspect because that part I found very fascinating. So people with anxiety, depression, uh, maybe just general emotional issues. Why is it that acupuncture can also help with that? I don't understand the actual mechanisms behind it. Yeah, there's 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 different ways that it can help, right? So one is um, when you do acupuncture, it, it helps your it helps your brain and your body to secrete certain like neurochemicals that are, that have a calming effect on the body. So for example, when you, when you do acupuncture, your body starts to secreting more endorphins, mm. which are pain killing chemicals, right? They're kind of endogenous, endogenous opioids, they call it, right? So they're kind of your body's own natural pain killing mechanism. Um, so it helps to, 
it helps with that part. So it helps you feel better. Right. Then also um, it also helps to decrease your brain sensitivity to pain and stress in general. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so that your body's better able, better able to handle stress. And then like, what, like I mentioned before, it, it helps to kind of turn on the body's parasympathetic relaxation response. So kind of like, like your rest and digest response in the body. So Which it can very important for healing mm-hmm. anything for sure. Yeah. I mean, they've even found it can be helpful for, you know, patients who have like PTSD, for example. Wow. So a lot of, a lot of like war veterans, for example, will get the ear acupuncture, for example, um, which can help a lot with the PTSD symptoms. It helps them kind of relax. And why is it on the ear? Well, the ear, the ear is actually one of the best, really good place to, when you're, so the ears, the ear, a lot of the points on the ear actually, because the ear connects to the vagal nerve. Mm-hmm. And when you stimulate the vagal nerve, it helps to kind of turn on the parasympathetic response also. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so, so doing the ear acupuncture can be really helpful for just like stress, insomnia. Very and, cool. I did not know the ear was connected to the vagal nerve. That is like really cool nerdy stuff. Now, sometimes I've had an acupuncturist put a needle in the middle of my forehead and I'm like, child, what does that mean? (laughs) Can you explain that? (laughs) I mean, I I kind of think of it almost in in Chinese, we call it the in tongue, which is like the hall of impressions, but it's basically just like, it's kind of like your hypothalamus pituitary point. It, It helps to kind of just like center the brain basically. Um, so yep. people find it usually really helpful for like, insult, for sleep, stress, like it just, it kind of just like quiets down the brain. It's kind of like your third eye in a way. Yeah. It feels like you basically just want to go to sleep right afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, as soon as you put that, those needles in the head. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're like, okay, yeah. well, lights out. Like I'm good now. <laughs> yeah, I've even, I even had some patients who are like creative types, you know, as soon as, when, once they get the acupuncture, they're just like, they have all this like creative inspiration. I was like... <laughs> That's so interesting. So yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. So, but it, it does change the body chemistry in a sense. You know? Okay. Okay. So, and I think that's, I think through that, it in helping to decrease, decrease the overall stress response, it helps people like process through emotional, issue, you know, emotions mm-hmm. in, a, in a in a more calm setting. I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Sometimes patients can start crying during the session or it just, it's, it seems to open up some sort of emotional like pathway with the acupuncture. Yeah. I find that really interesting. I wonder if it somehow also stimulates the limbic system where like emotion, the emotional center of the brain. I it's possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also helps your body, your brain produce more like GABA and like, you know, all those calming types of neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Speaking of the brain, so you were telling me about there's a type of acupuncture that you can actually do on your scalp. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> can you explain what that is and what that would be used for? Sure. So, so scalp acupuncture, it's actually been around, I think, since the 1970s, 1980s, but it was started by these um, doctors in China who were treating a lot of like stroke patients, patients with neurological issues paralysis, stroke. Um, and so they found that by doing acupuncture on, on the scalp, on certain points in the scalp, that it, it greatly helped these patients who had like, who couldn't walk, who couldn't lift their legs. Um, and so the reason why they use scalp acupuncture is because they believe that the, there's certain, you know, the areas in the brain 
that correspond to the like the motor and sensory areas. Mm-hmm. For example, when you stimulate those areas in the scalp, it can help to t- kind of turn on or stimulate those so, so those pr- particular sensory or, mo- or motor functions okay. in the body. And the brain is like the brain is highly adaptable. So we we I think we underestimate the neuroplasticity of the brain and how you know if you let's say you can't you let's say you you have stroke and you have paralysis in the arm you know if you even though one part of your brain is has lost the blood flow or is not functioning you can actually you can still activate or create new connections within the brain through the neuroacupuncture through the scalp acupuncture. Wow. So. Can that be applied to, to like, you know, other sort of mental health issues like bipolar, schizophrenia, those kinds of things or not really? Um, I haven't seen it for bipolar, uh, schizophrenia per se. Um, I have seen it that can, it can be helpful for like pa- patients who have ADHD, for example, mm. like attention deficit. So a lot of kids, um, you know, neuroacupuncture can be used for children who have like attention deficit disorder or, um, you know, anxiety, you know, just different types of, um, but I ha- I haven't seen it for bipolar specifically. Hmm. Pretty cool. Is there anything that you would say? I mean, cause literally like the more that I learn about it, the more I just think of it as a very powerful supplemental tool that I feel like everyone mm-hmm. should be using. Um, cause I've, I mean, literally acupuncture for weight loss, acupuncture for hormonal stuff, acupuncture for inflammation in general or pain or arthritis or I mean, there just seems like you could basically do acupuncture for almost anything. Is there anything mm-hmm. that you don't think that you can do acupuncture to improve for? <laughs> I mean, there, there's limitations with every, with every type of medicine, right? So I yeah. would say some 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 health issues can be more challenging than others. So, for example, like if someone has tinnitus, if someone has tinnitus, especially because of like structural issues in the ear, then that that would be really difficult to treat. You know, mm. um, if it's if there, I would say. Yeah, I would say for for more stubborn, like structural issues. So, for example, if someone has like, you know, um, shoulder pain because there's all these bone spurs, you know, that have been right. accumulated over time, and it's really acupuncture can help reduce the inflammation somewhat. But if the bone spurs are still there, like it's it's you know, right. it can be hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I like that you brought that up because I feel like you know, there's and also for mm-hmm. and it's also for. Oh, no, I was, of course, emergency acute situation. So for that, Western medicine is still the winner for emergency situations, right? I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's like if I was actually like bleeding and I was in an accident, please don't take me to my acupuncturist. Please take me to the doctor. To emer- uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, emergency room. Uh-huh. I agree. I think I, I think it's good good that you brought up the structural things because like you know, structural damage is a whole thing in itself. And I learned a lot more about that from a kinesiologist and chiropractor as well. Like that can cause a lot of imbalances, just having like a, you know, bones be in the wrong place or move around. Right. So it's all, it's all these little aspects. I feel like they're all like pieces, but acupuncture is a very covers a big part of that puzzle. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for patient for patients who have like pain or let's say they have chronic low back pain, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's still you, you still want to like the best treatment is to of course the acupuncture can help with the pain and and help and combined with the cupping like can help help release the myofascial tension, right? But if there's still the the structural misalignment or if the patient's core muscles are really weak, like you know it's not holding up the spine properly, 
you still, the patient still has to do their exercises on their own to help for maintenance, you know, for prevention and maintenance of their low back pain in the long yeah, run. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I had like a kinesiologist literally cure my back pain just by giving me exercises because I was going to the chiropractor to get adjustments, but the kinesiologist was able to figure out, oh, you just have a weak muscle group. And exactly. so really important to know whether or not some pain is actually because your muscles need to be strengthened. Exactly. In area. Yeah. 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 So yeah, oftentimes I find like patients who come to me for low back pain, if they're doing jujitsu or something, you know, and they're always right. injuring their back or using their back improperly. So, you know, the acupuncture can definitely help in, in the meantime, but I still tell them, you know, you got to do something like, I don't know, Pilates or core strengthening or do something to help kind of balance the, to help with the pain. Yeah, definitely. And make sure that the muscles around the area is strong enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Makes sense. Cool. This has been awesome. So um, where can people find you online and um, where can they work or where could they book a session with you if they're interested in doing that? Oh, so, I mean, I work at TCM Healing Center in Los Angeles. So if they'd like to visit, Feel free to come. <laughs> but yeah, we, we have our, um, our website is uh, tcmhealingcenter.com. Okay. So that's our website. And then we have a YouTube page and Instagram page. And so that's awesome. Well, so I'm so glad that you came back on the show. This has been an awesome conversation. You're the bomb.com. Oh, th- thank you for inviting me again, Nasosa. No problem. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. Attention, superfood lovers. You all may know by now that my favorite African superfood of all time is Moringa. Why? Moringa has 92 nutrients and 46 antioxidants, and every part of the amazing plant can be used. I personally use Moringa oil on my face twice a day, and then I also use Moringa powder to add to my smoothies, make Moringa bread, or sprinkle on meals for added nutrition from an amazing company called True Moringa. Founded in 2013, True Moringa is creating jobs and community with their amazing skincare and wellness products. The coolest part? Every time you make a purchase from True Moringa, they plant a tree in your name. Yes, child, to date they have planted over 2 million Moringa trees to combat deforestation and malnutrition in Ghana. To check out their awesome products, visit TrueMoringa.com and use the code RAWGIRL at checkout for 10% off and free shipping over $20. Are you interested in living your best, healthiest life? I'm Asosa E, also known as The Raw Girl of TheRawGirl.com, and I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach who specializes in helping you discover what exercise and diet is best for your body and get to the root cause and rebalance if you have a serious chronic condition. Clients who've worked with me have reversed diabetes, hypertension, balanced hormonally, gotten rid of acne for good, and lost hundreds of pounds. If you are interested in reaching your health goals with some support this year, visit therawgirl.com to sign up for a 20-minute call with yours truly. Until then, stay healthy and happy. All right, all right. It's time to take a question from Instagram or email. Remember, if you would like to have your question answered on the show, all you got to do is send me a DM, slide up in my DMs on Instagram at TheRawGirl, or contact me via my website, therawgirl.com. Today's question is from Chrissy via Instagram, who says, 
What are some good snack options to keep at my office? Hi, Chrissy. Thanks so much for that question. That's a really, really great question. And it's a question we get answered a lot. I actually created a snack list called Raw Girls Quarantine Snack List. It includes some ideas and some recipes. Um, So I highly recommend that you go to my blog, rawgirltoxicworld.com or to the website, therawgirl.com and then click um, the blog link um, and download that under free tools. And I'll just give you a rundown of some of the ones on the list. We have things like homemade trail mix with mixed nuts, dried raisins, cranberries, pumpkin seeds, and sunflower seeds, Um, 100 calorie packs of mixed nuts. Things like that are really great for people who struggle with portion sizes, getting like specific snacks that are already in baggies or making your own little bags. Um, Nut butter and banana and apple slices, kale chips, fruit, veggies and hummus, dried seaweed snacks, low sugar yogurt with fruit, apple chips, cauliflower popcorn. Um, There's some other stuff here that's a little bit more involved that might involve um, some cooking. Applesauce is here as well. So just small things. But basically what I usually tell my clients who are busy and working in offices is to create your own snack drawer, especially if you're trying to avoid the office snacks that are around that you know are unhealthy, they're going to add to your waistline. Make sure you have a dedicated drawer and get a bunch of stuff that is non-perishable and put it in there. And if you have a small fridge, or even if you have like a bullet blender or something like that, you can also make smoothies in your office or um, have some other things like yogurt or other things that you can grab really quickly from a small fridge in your office. Um, So in order to make sure you don't overeat, remember, pre-portion out your snacks if you need to. If you know you're someone who could sit there and eat an entire bag of nuts, I'm one of those people. Get those 100 calorie packs of nuts so you can actually see how much you're snacking on. And then make sure that you're actually eating, of course, a balanced and fulfilling lunch. I hope that helps you. All right. Acupuncture is a powerful healing practice and has many benefits. If you're still a skeptic, don't knock it till you try it. Restore the flow of your chi and your body will thank you. As Samuel Hahnemann once said, the highest ideal of a cure is the speedy, gentle, and enduring restoration of health by the most trustworthy and least harmful way. Acupuncture is an amazing way to support any healing process and also reboot your energy and vitality if you are well and looking for a tune-up of sorts. If you've never tried it, I highly recommend you consider a session. I do it every single month because I really believe in it and it always makes me feel amazing. Well, that's all for today, sis. If you're looking for more health tips or have a question for the show, find me on Instagram at The Raw Girl. You can also find me and contact me through my website, therawgirl.com. For more on the show or to listen to past episodes, visit stayingagelessshow.com. To watch the interview on video from this and past podcast episodes, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash therawgirl.